This is the Todd and Friends Podcast. I don't like to waffle on predictions. That doesn't mean I always hope I'm right. Oh, what's he going to do? <laughs> oh, come on. I'm with you. So, thank that. you. Yeah, I'm with you. Todd, I knew we'd agree on something here. From the KWLM Sports Studio. With thanks to Heritage Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Here's Todd Bergaff. Hey, thanks for joining us for the podcast uh, once again. Today on these Thursdays, we talk with the voice of the Golden Gophers, uh, Mike Grimm. Uh, we talk with him in the Twin Cities. And Grimmer, there was a... Uh, a headline in the Star Tribune, I think sometime this week, that said P.J. Fleck builds a wall around the state for the class of 24 recruiting class. You know, and that, that warms the cockles of Minnesota Gopher fans' hearts. They, they like to see their coaches keep the best athletes in state, and it sounds like P.J.'s doing that. Yeah, this year has been a really good year. I think nine of the top 11 uh, Minnesota high school football players is ranked by the recruiting services. Of, you know, can, I don't know, there's three or four of them that do it. Yep. And nine of the top 11 have committed to P.J. and the Gophers. The other two are uncommitted. Now, that's the number one and the number three kid of the state, um, and they are continuing through the process. Uh, they do have Minnesota in the mix. Um, and, and so we'll see if he gets them all, which would never, I don't think that's ever happened, you know? Um, and, and to have 11 is good because, uh, traditionally in this state, there's been seven or eight. And so you've got 11 or so that are what, what you would call guys that project to be big 10 caliber players. Now I'm, I'm always, uh, I mean, we could have a whole podcast of an hour on this because I have some, some beliefs on, on recruiting Minnesota and why it's important. And I know some people don't think it's as important as others. Um, I don't think it's um, 100% necessary if you want to contend for championships. But I do think in terms of making life easier, in terms of generating interest for the program, in terms of uh, just simple uh, basic economics, it makes sense to um, to, to recruit heavily um high-end kids in your own state and so um, you know basketball has had kind of a roller coaster of a of a time over the years doing that probably uh, let more kids get out than kept in football generally is you know uh, been over, certainly over half of the high-end kids stay um, pj now is with this class as we mentioned has got nine of 11 so far so it's been a really good situation yeah, no doubt about it, and uh, that takes some while to get to that point. Now we hear about another uh, highly rated basketball recruit that's going to Wisconsin again. His name escapes me right now, but I think that news came about uh, last week. So it's it, it's taken Coach Johnson a little longer to get to the point of where he's going to be able to keep all of the recruits uh, in state, but that's kind of a process, isn't it? It's a process, and then in basketball, it's also a little different in that you, uh, in, in this case in particular, the, the youngster you're talking about is um, is a guy, for, is Daniel Freitag. He's a, yes. he's a point guard and a really good football player from Bloomington Jefferson. I think that's your old stopping ground, right? Yep, yep. Ken- um, Kennedy and, for me, but Bloomington, yes. Yeah, Bloomington in general, yep, yeah. Yep, and, yep. The, um, and the issue is he's a point guard. And Minnesota already had a point guard or has a point guard from Minnesota committed, a kid from Cherry, Minnesota, named Isaac Osama. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if you're uh, the, the Gophers, I'm not saying they picked, uh, and I'm not saying that Daniel Freitag would have come to Minnesota had they had they not gotten Isaac Osama. But Isaac Osama was a guy that had 
I would say this. He showed more initial interest probably than Freitag. Okay. And so um, I think they thought those kids were both really good players. And so they uh, pursued Isaac Osama out of Cherry, Minnesota. He committed. Um, and, and at that point, their point guard recruiting was pretty much done for the year. And, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. I know he included the youngster from Bloomington Jefferson. I know he included Minnesota in his final five. I, I'm not sure whether at, at, at um, this point the Gophers would have said, hey, yeah, we're going to go with two point guards. Because, again, there's limited numbers. You only get 13 scholarships. Um, and certainly you want more than two point guards. But um, you, you generally don't want two point guards in the same class. It's usually nice to have a starter uh, and then bring in a kid to, to learn for a year or two. That guy becomes a starter, those kind of things. So it's a little different in basketball. I, you know, Ben has done okay in state. Um you know, he's got, well, last year, what was it? I want to say three of the five starters were, were Minnesota kids yeah. much of the time um, with uh, Jamison Battle and with Dawson Garcia. Uh, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, Logan uh, Logan Payne, uh, not, not Logan Payne. That's an old football player from Minnesota. Perrell <laughs> uh, Payne, of course, is from uh, the Twin Cities as well. Um, so, and I, I, I'll say this, though, on the flip side of that, Todd, I think it's more important. <laughs> basketball to recruit recruit well in state um, just because uh, basketball seems in Minnesota to produce more of what I would call those high-end kids I mean how many kids have gone to Duke or to North Carolina or to you know think of some others over the years Stanford and Marquette and and some players where if you can keep those guys in state you have an opportunity to really build because you know and in, in, in basketball Two or three top-end recruits can change the whole trajectory of a program. And, yes, you know, in football, yeah. you're you know you're getting 25 kids a year in football, and um, you're not going to hit on them all. You just aren't. And in basketball, you better hit on most, otherwise you're going to have you know a long season. And so I, I think that um, there is definitely work to be done there in that regard. And I think it's important. And the other thing is, if you have a, a four or five-star kid from Minnesota. Um, to me, the only the one the, the the one thing you have that no other school has is you can tell that kid you can stay home. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, you know, if you if you want to play in front of mom and dad, and you're a five star basketball player, and I'll just for the fun of it throw out a school from from De La Salle, um, let's say. Um, the one thing, the one trump card you have that nobody else has is if you want to play at home, um, you can't go in and get a four star or five star kid from Dallas on that pitch. Now, you might be able to go get a kid from there or from Miami or from Cleveland or, you know, name the city or the town. But um, it's going to be hard because you're going to be recruiting against other top flight teams to get a five-star kid. But you got a kid from Minneapolis or a kid from Cary, Minnesota, or a kid from Wilmer or wherever that's a four- or five-star recruit. The one thing you have that Kentucky doesn't, that Duke doesn't, is you want to play in front of mom and dad every night um, where your school. Right. And so to me right. – that's the pitch, and that's um, that just hasn't been done enough in the last uh, you know fifteen or twenty years on the basketball side. And for, I'm not saying that's not been the pitch, but it hasn't. They haven't closed um, the deal enough uh, to where you can elevate the program to where we'd all like to see it. When he came in, Ben Johnson, it was uh, uh, kind of talked about that he had a lot of AAU ties uh, within the state of Minnesota, and that that should help his recruiting as well. And that sometimes those AAU coaches weren't always thrilled with previous Gopher head coaches with how much attention they gave to summer basketball maybe or to maybe the guys running the AAU teams. Uh, but but Ben Johnson did and has, so how's that relationship uh, working for him with recruiting these days? Yeah, 
I think good. I also think that it's different now when you're a head coach because that's where the buck stops. You know, when you're an assistant recruiting and one of the AAU coaches says, why aren't you recruiting my kid harder? Um, the assistant can kind of say, and, and Ben's talked about this in one of his coaches' shows, the assistant can kind of say, well, you know, we got, you know, we, we love him, but we're not, you know, we, we got other guys, and the head coach likes this guy better, and it's easy to then still keep that relationship good. But when you're the head coach, everything stops on your desk, right? And so, and, and you're just not going to be able to, to, um, to uh, offer everybody. Um, that said, you should be able, you'd hope, to get most of the kids you want from your home state. And, again, that's the goal. And Ben, ben I mean, honestly, when you look at the roster, like I said, they've done they, – they, they have – you know, they, there was a stretch in year one for Ben where they were starting – I think it was one time – maybe it was the last year of Patino where they were starting four Minnesota kids at once. So they've gotten them in here, but they, they – you know, the, the, the swing and misses on some of those high-end kids. And that's where, if you remember, I remember talking about it with you specifically on this podcast, yep. is yep. – the, the coaches, oh, we're complaining about Tubby. Oh, we're complaining about Patino. Uh, oh, Munson didn't do this. Or this kid went to North Dakota State and he was the all-time leading scorer. Why didn't the Gophers offer? And, and that happens. Look, feelings are going to get hurt. Um, and so these coaches said, you know, bring in someone we like. And so they, we brought in Ben Johnson is what the Gophers will say. Yep. And as I remember telling you, okay, AAU coaches, high school coaches, the Gophers have a guy that's from here, played here. Yep. Um, now your turn to um to help that young man uh get a roster assembled and i think it's been a mixed bag up to this point quite honestly yeah so far it, uh it has hey there's uh, uh i think he was here before your time uh with the gophers but you know who greg esslinger is he's he's on yeah. the uh, uh football uh, bull subdivision players one of them named uh, uh to be on the college uh hall of fame ballot and uh even though the guys of today may not know who greg esslinger is they would recognize him. He gets into the Hall of Fame, and that's good for recruiting too. No doubt, the Gophers, you know, have have a handful of guys in that Hall of Fame. Um, the Hall of Fame criteria is pretty interesting, actually. Um, uh, and 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 the very first criteria is you have had you have had to have been named a first team All American at some point in your career, mm. and um, that eliminates a lot of guys at Minnesota because it's just hard. If you're not, you know, a, um, you know, if you're not Ohio State or Oklahoma, I mean, I look at a guy like Muhammad Ibrahim, right? Uh, I mean, that guy has, you know, he, he's amongst the top 50 all-time rushers in total yards in the history of college football. But just on the first criteria alone, he will not be a college football Hall of Famer. He, he was never a first-team All-American. Now, had he put those numbers up as a USC running back, he would have been a first-team All-American. Yes. So I, I, I'm interested in that. And I don't want to get off subject. Daryl Thompson, same thing. Daryl was never a first-team All-American. But I find it hard to believe that they couldn't find a spot for him in the College Football Hall of Fame. He was so good here and, and has such impact. And, and one of the criteria is also impact after your playing days. And, uh, you know, Daryl, you'd be hard-pressed to find a lot of guys that have had more impact and meaningful impact on a community than what Daryl does with his Boulder Options, you know, mentoring program for yep. young kids at risk. And anyway, that's a sidebar. So the, the 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 Gophers have a handful of guys. A lot of them have come from the '60s, the Bobby Bells of the world, the Carl Ellers of the world, yep. Sandy Stevens. Um, and so it would be phenomenal if um, if uh, Esslinger would be able to be in there. He deserves it. I mean, that guy was the best center in college football for two years. Yep. Um, first team yep. All American twice. That zone blocking scheme with uh, Maroney and Barber and 
you know, Redmond and, you know, who am I forgetting in that group off the top of my head uh, that, that, that was so good. Terry Jackson was, I think, uh, around when Esslinger was around. Remember, Mark Satterstrom from Northfield was the guard, and those guys were so fast, they both could pull. Um, and you think about a center that can pull in that zone blocking scheme, uh, that's where um, that, that, that's where he was, Esslinger was so, so good. And um, so, yeah, I hope that the, the, I looked at the ballot. There's like 50 guys on the ballot. I don't yeah. know how many they take. Um, but I hope he can make it because you're right. It's another feather in the cap for the Gophers. Yeah, it sure would be. And, and just raise the profile a little bit, too. Uh, you know, we've talked to a lot, obviously, about the NIL. Uh, and you've said that the Gophers are trying to get their NIL program ramped up. One thing I did notice this morning when I brought up the, the website, thegophersports.com, the home of the uh, U Athletics is right at the top on quick links that is NIL information. So now potential student athletes can go there and and, uh, find what? Will they find uh, who they can get hooked up with potentially to uh, secure an NIL deal? How does all that work? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, And that is exactly what happens. So they'll have, um, they'll have, so it's called Pinky Town Athletes. And I'm going to say a month or so ago, maybe five weeks ago, uh, the University of Minnesota entered into a, an agreement, um, you know, because it's such a changing landscape. I don't think a year ago they could have done this uh, just as, as legislation and guidelines. And, and Minnesota, I'm not going to say they've been slow to the party. I, I, I think that would be a, a misnomer. I think they've been cautious okay. to get involved. And tell, I think they didn't want to go jumping in. And, you know, and, and look, it's always a battle to raise money here compared to, you know, Michigan or Ohio State or Oklahoma or some others. Um, but you, you hope you can raise money, you know, in line with some of your peers like Iowa and Wisconsin and Nebraska. To me, those are the three, those are the three pillars that you need to recruit well against. Um, you need to have a budget similar to, you need to have facilities similar to. And if you have that, then you're going to be able to, to compete with them. And if you compete with them, then you got a shot to, to maybe, you know, uh, occasionally rise up and, and, you know, snag an Ohio State or a Michigan on the football field or the basketball court or what have you. Um, but anyway, they've been cautious. They, they want to do it right. They don't want to uh, get involved with something and then find out the NCAA is going to drop the hammer on that particular legislation. So cautious is how I'd, uh, how I'd say it. Um, and, and so about five weeks ago, they entered into this agreement with a, a group called Dinky Town Athletes. And that's just basically the – I call it a clearinghouse. Mm. So both athletes and businesses and boosters and whoever else, um, that, that's – so – uh, this is going to be a real simplified situation, but let's say that, uh, uh, Todd, you wanted to have, um, uh, I'll just throw out Brevinspan Ford, right, yeah. because somewhat proximity to St. Cloud and Wilmer. Yeah. You wanted him to come to a football camp for the station, or you wanted him to come to your birthday party. I don't care, you know, name it, whatever. That would be the link you'd click on, you'd inquire. Um, they'd say, yeah, and I'm just making this number up. It might be $10,000. I don't know. But let's say, yeah, he'll come and do a camp. It's $500 for an appearance uh, to come and, and do a football camp for the, for the you know, eighth graders at Wilmer. And then you'd get connected. He'd get his 500 bucks. He'd come do your camp. And those are ways that they can kind of make some additional money that years ago that just wasn't legal. They just couldn't do it. Some schools, you know, are, it, it, it is uh, further advanced. Right now, I just saw Tyler Newbin. He's got a lot through the Dinky Town athletes. He's got a line of T-shirts that folks can buy, and of course, he's going to, uh, you know, take the profits from that. And so there, there are ways that um, that, that these uh, kids can make some some money. And 
you know, I, I think there are some kids making several thousand dollars. Some might be getting, you know, a free breakfast at breakfast in the morning if they tweet out that they were there, you know. Sure. It could go anywhere from top to bottom. Even on the podcast I do, you know, through Jim Suhan's company, um, we, we got into an agreement. And, and so during the football season last year, um, those guys would get a hundred bucks to come on, you know, a right. gift card from our from our banking our a uh, bank sponsor on that Affinity Plus, and it was just a way, you know, it's not going to get them rich, but it also is going to show that you know they're valued and um, and so it, it's a wide range. It's a wide range. Could a car dealer look on that and say, hey, come out, we'll give you a car? Yep, they could. Could they say, hey, come out and we'll photographs at our dealership for a Saturday and we'll give you 10 grand. Yep, that that's happening at places all over the country. Yeah. And uh, good that it's picking up speed uh, with the Gophers too and and uh, like you said it's going to be hard to to match, you know, maybe some of the NIL deals at, at the Monster, you know, the Ohio State and the Michigans, but uh, it certainly keeps you in the in the conversation and not every athlete is going to go just because one school is saying, well, you've got, you know, $40,000 and Minnesota's only given you five. There's a lot of other th- reasons that kids go to college than just the cash, hopefully still. Yeah, no doubt. And I also add, um, it, it's pretty interesting because hockey, now Minnesota is the Ohio State and Michigan of yeah, hockey, right? Yeah. So that has changed things a little bit as well. As recently as when I was in Fargo, I went up and covered those the regionals, and after one of those matches, or after one, of, I think it was the semifinal game, we went out and had a couple of adult beverages with uh, some of the reporters. Yep. And the reporters that cover the, the Gopher hockey team on a much more um, well, intimate basis than I, because I, you know, I'm in the middle of basketball season. Now yeah. I really jumped on that Gopher hockey bandwagon. I love those kids. That yep. team was one of my favorite teams I've ever covered. It was just great kids, um, great players, worked hard, came together at different, you know, different ages, different skill levels. Anyway, all that. Um, but even then, as recently as that would have been in March, um, they were like, yeah, I don't think the NIL is going to impact hockey much. And I remember, because I come from the football and basketball world, where money is really an important deal, saying to those guys that night, saying, really? Like, you don't think that if um, all of a sudden Bob Motzko, like like Justin Close, does, decides not to come back, you don't think Bob Motzko isn't going to say, hey, let's, let's go find fifteen or twenty or thirty or $40,000 and, and get us a goal? And they're like, no, 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 no. Well, guess what? Hockey. <laughs> <laughs> Is hockey is all of a sudden starting to benefit from NIL. I promise you, Logan Cooley. Um, now, because he is just a phenomenal player, he's going to be the favorite maybe to win the Hobie Baker next year. He came back. Um, he could have signed with Arizona. Uh, a combination of things, including Arizona being kind of in a bit of a mess with their arena yeah. and they didn't get it passed and all that. But part, and I think a rather large part was that Dinky Top Athletes was able to find some boosters and hockey supporters to. Say, hey Logan, not only should you do this, but you're going to get a little money. Now, I'm not saying you got a hundred thousand dollars or anything, but he got some money, and yeah. and it's become a factor, and and I think that's kind of cool because Minnesota yeah. um, hockey is, I mean, that is the Oklahoma, the yep. Ohio State, the USC of college hockey, and so that's let's right. hope that, that uh, they can take advantage of that stuff. Grimmer, thanks so much. As always, we'll talk next week. Yep, sounds good, Todd. Always enjoy it. Thank you. Mike Grimm, voice of the Golden Gophers on the Todd and Friends podcast. It's brought to you by Heritage Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Watch for future episodes of the Todd and Friends podcast at kwlm.com or on the air here at KWLM, 1340 AM and 96.3 FM.